I am Patrick Finley's Jason Leisure. Jason, the Bears knew they were in trouble when Taylor Swift walked in. Is that a nice way to put it? We will talk about the uh, Bears blowout and where in the world they go next. Coming up next on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, here before God and Taylor Swift and everybody else, the Bears lost 41-10 to to the Chiefs. It wasn't that close. The offense looked bad. The defense looked bad. Uh, the Bears are really stuck in the muck now after one of the more damaging weeks they've had in a long time around here. Patrick, everybody loses to the Chiefs the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not unusual to come in here and lose, but, man, it usually is not this bad. It usually is not so... Uh, Embarrassing yeah. as this, and uh, forty. It was forty-one to nothing when Patrick Mahomes called it a day in yeah. the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, you you saw that Dolphins game where today, where uh, Sunday, where they beat Denver seventy to twenty. The Chiefs could have got somewhere in that range if they'd wanted to. Yeah, it could have been close. Uh, they could have gotten to fifty. Uh, I mean, fifty-five, sixty. I mean, Patrick Mahomes... They could have set the record for Patrick sure. Mahomes... They could have absolutely hung more points on the Bears than they've ever given up in their franchise history. Patrick Mahomes... It's 55. They would, the Chiefs could have hit that. Patrick Mahomes uh, had eight drives, five were touchdowns, two were field goals. One, the first drive of the game, was a punt. Uh, the Bears were helpless. Uh, offensively, somehow it might have been even worse. Justin Fields had 99 passing yards. He had 11 carries... Uh, in a sense, the offense looked a little more the way it did last year. But, you know, when you just get blown away that early, you know, it, it's hard to play the kind of game that the Bears need to play with Justin Fields, which is, you know, to run, to give him, you know, some shots down the field. You know, when you're down four, five, six scores, who cares? I mean, you know, there's even had they made progress offensively, I think it would have been a false positive because, you know, they were losing by so many points. Well, I hope he didn't mean when he said he wanted to play his way, he, um, just running. I don't think so. I, I hope that's not what he meant because that isn't going to work. I mean, he said he doesn't want to rush for 1,000 yards again. Mm-hmm. The, the league doesn't want him to either, and they're not going to let him. No. I mean, the, he said they, always, they had a spy on him pretty much the whole game. And the reason that you can do that, Patrick, is because he hasn't shown you that he can beat you. When you dedicate a guy to that, and you're so you're down a man in coverage, he has not shown anyone that he can take advantage of that. 99 yards today. But that is hard to do as a quarterback. It's hard to play a whole game of NFL quarterback and come in under 100 yards. And this is not the first time. Let's say even if DJ Moore catches a deep ball that uh, Fields put right in his hands. What is that, 150? I mean, you know, Eberflus... Pointed after the game to, well, you know, there were some cases in which we didn't block for him or we didn't catch the ball for him. Even if all of those things come true, what is it, 200? I mean, this is this is just not modern NFL football. Sadly, this is, you know, the Bears version of the forward pass, but every other franchise seems to have figured out how to throw the ball down the field, how to move the chains, how to get first downs. The Bears had, you know, four out of their five offensive linemen today were not at that particular position when training camp started. Uh, those injuries really do take an, you know, have an effect on everything. But you'd think that if there was something special there that you know, we always talk about a good quarterback overcomes everything. 
you can't be a guy that needs everything to be perfect. Right. That's not special. There's uh-huh. a lot of guys that can do that. And let's point to the guy on the other side of, of the field today, Jason. We all know Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a famous human. Travis Kelsey apparently got Taylor Swift uh, to go out on a date with him, or at least to show up and sit with his mom in the press box on Sunday. But the, the guys he's throwing to, you know, Sky Moore, Jarek McKinnon, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Canarius Tony. You know, uh, Rice. What's Rice's first name? I don't know. These are no. These are nobody guys. This is not an all-star team of receivers that he has. This is. These are just dudes. And Patrick Mahomes turns dudes into weapons. And Justin Fields, I think, has weapons, and they look like just dudes right now. Rashi Rice. Yeah. Put some respect on his name, Patrick. I mean, you're looking at a team that has has gone the route of trying to put everything in place but the quarterback in the Bears. Mm-hmm. And this is what they had in 2018. The last time they were good was everything but the quarterback. Right. And you ju- you see that that just isn't going to get you as far as, and this is oversimplifying what they went up against today, as the quarterback and everything else will just figure it out. Right. So everything but the quarterback takes on the quarterback and nothing else. And I know that it's not nothing else. They have some other good players. But Patrick Mahomes keeps having to rotate through season by season new teammates because of the salary cap and how much the Chiefs have uh, locked in to him, which is a great problem to have. Justifiably so, yeah. Yeah. And he is making it work. They're having to change out his offensive line pretty regularly, season to season, his receivers, and he makes it work. Some years their defense has not been great. Mm -hmm. He gets you enough points where they're – in the conference title game every year. And the Bear, the Bears aren't going to find that, okay? They're not going to find Patrick Mahomes. He's No one has. He's the best quarterback in the league. He may, by the end of it, go down as the best of all time. But it is not unfair to measure your quarterback against him, Pat, because he's going to be here. Mm-hmm. That is the standard. Right. He's 28. He probably has a decade left playing really well if he stays healthy. And... Like, the Eagles don't have a quarterback as good as him. Nope. The Bengals don't. The Chargers don't. But they have quarterbacks in Burrow and Hurts and Herbert that are good enough that they give you a chance. You don't come in here just, you know, with no shot in the world, just totally deflated. You have a shot on the right day to beat him. The Bears don't have that in Justin Fields right now. No, they don't have and the- Justin Fields has had a lot of time. Yep. And what they have in a... I would argue that maybe the strength of their roster, you know, I mean, their wide receivers on paper, to quote Ryan Poles, pretty good. DJ Moore, uh, Darnell Mooney, Claypool. They're guys that have had good seasons. Tight end, Cole, I mean, Cole Komet at tight end's pretty good. But so much has to go right for them to just get the ball in their hands. Like, they need to block. Justin Fields needs to make a good throw on time, uh, in rhythm. It's just so hard to get the ball into the hands of the few uh, playmakers that they do have. It's it it's frustrating. You look today, DJ Moore three catches for forty one, Komet two for twenty two, Claypool one for fifteen, Mooney zero for zero. Six targets for DJ Moore is that? I think it's a season high too. A lot of it was in garbage time. I thought they would be throwing to DJ Moore like fifteen times a game. Yeah. And it's like more like about five a game, I think, over the first three games. I want to talk to you about the week that they've had, Jason. We, you know, we talked about it on Thursday. Uh, and, and off mic, it's all anybody wants to talk about. But you know, you have the Allen Williams situation 
where, uh, you know, we had sources confirm to us today what Adam Schefter said, which was that obviously he didn't leave of his own volition. He left because something inappropriate happened and he resigned. Uh, you had that hanging over the Bears. They're short a defensive coach. Matt Eberflus has left open the fact that they could add somebody else, but I don't think it's going to be somebody who calls plays probably. So you've got a deficit there. You have Justin Fields you know, going to the microphone on Wednesday saying that uh, you know, he's going to start to play like himself because he's not been himself. And then you say, uh, why have you been overthinking things? He goes, I don't know, coaching? Then he's got to try and walk that back and then pulls the whole you misquoted me thing or you took me out of context thing. Those are two really big developments. Yeah. Is there reason to think that one or the other will go away in week four? With Allen Williams, has this run its course? Uh, and if it has, how are we going to evaluate Matt Eberflus now that he's got to be a play caller and a head coach? The bigger problem on the field, the bigger issue is fields. Yep. And Getze and like I don't know if there's a solution though, Patrick, because it gets kind of circular here where uh, Justin Fields can't thrive this way, but like they can't they, they can't like there's there's nothing to change here. I mean, they're Luke Getze is scheming to an extent around Justin Fields' limitations, right? So you know, it's kind of like. Unless he's going to play better and allow them to do more, mm-hmm. then they have to keep playing this type of offense that he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say for Matt Eberflus, it'd be really important for him to get somebody handling the defense, right? One way or another. Okay. Whether it's you, you, you kind of. I don't. I don't think you necessarily were throwing this out there as like a, a very serious suggestion, but something in this area would make a lot of sense. Rod Marinelli. Somebody that you have a lot of history with that you could trust to run your defense for the most part. Also, though, like Dave Borgonzi, who Eberflus has worked with for a long time. Right. Let, the, let someone else handle, you know, position coach or let Borgonzi do both. Because the reason that I think it'd be important for Eberflus to get back to that CEO-style approach, mm-hmm. which is actually a term that he has started using lately. I don't right. think he used it originally. I think right. we were the ones using it originally, and now he's using it. He needs to get involved in the offense right now. I don't know what his capabilities are in that, but the it, it, his desk is where everything lands. Right. And this offense, the situation with Fields not playing well, 99 yards, 40 yards, and a 12 passer rating at halftime, you need to insert yourself into that situation right now if you're the head coach. Matt Eberflus right now? 3-17 mm-hmm. and 17 is head coach. And last year was like, wink, wink, you know, they're burning it down, we get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's facing a totally different line of questioning right now, mm-hmm. and the temperature is going to get way hotter for him. Yep. And that record, man, is going to, the, the worse it looks, the less confident he can feel about his standing in the organization. As you and I sit here in the Arrowhead Stadium press box right this moment, the Bears are 11 months almost to the minute from their last win. That's insane. But I want to give you the counter-argument to why Matt Eberflu shouldn't hand off defensive play calling. I think he knows his butt's on the line. And if, you're, if you get one shot at this, and, and a lot of NFL coaches who struggle early never get another chance to be a head coach, I don't know that I would want to entrust somebody else to try and fix this. You know, I brought yeah, up... Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, whoever they bring in, 
is going to have to be somebody who knows Eberflus's system, somebody who knows the way they score their hits videos, somebody who knows intimately how this works because you don't have time to play catch-up. Remember, when he brought his coaches in, he spent months in his first offseason teaching coaches the defense and offense so they could then teach players. You can't do that in week four or week five or in the whatever we call the super buy after the, uh, or what is it, uh, mini, mini buy, buy. The mini buy after they play the commanders. So I don't know what the odds are that you get somebody who knows the system and also you think is bright enough that you want them to call plays for you. I think you may just get somebody who can run your meetings and then Eberflus is the guy who calls plays. He has to be able to get involved in the offense one way or another because he has to fix all of it. I mean, this was... But this is... It's not going to matter if the defense gets going, but the offense doesn't. But this is why most NFL franchises, Jason, hire head coaches who run offenses. I mean, the Bears very much bucked the trend when Ryan Poles decided that he wanted... uh, Matt Eberflus to be his head of coach. Of the candidates, I think, was Jim Caldwell the only yep, choice right. uh, with an offensive back? Yeah, Dan Quinn uh, was a defensive guy as well. But, you know, the reason most teams entrust their offense to their head coach is because, number one, they can never be lured away by another <laughs> team. And number two, because just in modern football, the offense is more important. Yeah. It just is. But that decision's made. And Eberflus said he spent most of his time last year with the offense and is still in the quarterback meetings twice a day. Okay. He was telling us that on Friday. I mean, he has learned what can be learned about the offense that they have in place and about the personnel that they have. And I mean, it was the whole point of being a CEO style head coach was being able to get involved where you are needed and not be as, as Matt Nagy was so engrossed in the offense that you, you can't really, you don't even have any hardly input on the defense. And that worked when you had Vic Fangio running half the building because Vic Fangio may be the best defensive coordinator of all time or right up there. Uh, it doesn't work in this situation. You touched on it, and it's true. The alarming thing is there's no real change to make right now. I don't think – I mean, they're not going to fire their uh, Luke Getze, I don't believe. No. no. Um, Matt Eberflus, you know, we may have questions about how – you know, about – you know, whether he's around next year, given the way they've started. But there's no rash decision that's going to be made there. The quarterback, they're going to have to keep playing. The The wide receivers they have, you know, you got to keep them out there. The defense, I mean, you know, who's around that corner to help them? Tevin Jenkins? Like, I mean, there's and, – and to make a trade to upgrade this year's team is – Malpractice, right? Because they're zero and three. Yeah, I think the improvements, Pat, if if you have to look for them, are that Tevin Jenkins will be back after one more game, most likely. Mm-hmm. He's eligible after one more game. It's a question of whether or not he'd be ready for that Commanders game. I believe that he will be. Okay, the Bears haven't said, but I I think he will be. Um, and at some point, Braxton Jones comes back. Uh, and maybe you get your original intended offensive line out there. I don't think that just fixes fields. No, I don't think it because does. Because not, not all these sacks and, and interceptions and incomplete passes are 
a result of bad offensive line play. And on the defense, you would get Kyler Gordon back, and that would help, but that doesn't fix your pass rush. Nope. And if you're looking at every one of these teams that's good, the t- any t- if you're trying to build a team, top two things on your checklist are quarterback and quarterback killers. And that's what the Chiefs have. They have both. Yep. The Bears have neither right now. They have one sack this season. Chris they spent $17 million on pass rushers. Chris, and they got one sack. Chris Jones, you know, we heard Bears offensive players say it all week um, when we weren't talking to them about far more overarching about problems. general chaos. Uh, Chris Jones is the guy you like. He's like Patrick Mahomes, uh, but on defense. You need to game plan for him, and you need to try and get away from him as fast as you can. Uh, the Bears have no such player on defense, obviously. Uh, I'm not sure that – I mean, even the linebackers that they brought in – I mean, I think I think Edmonds and Edwards combined for 26 tackles today. Have you felt them in a game yet this year? I really haven't. No, no. Uh, it's just, it's it's just all a problem. What when we talk about Fields and what he said about coaching and in the kind of aftershocks of that, what was he like today after the game? You were in there. I was not. Yeah, he was short. He was. Uh... I think a little a little defensive. I think he, like Matt Eberflus, is adjusting to being asked real questions now. Right. Because Fields obviously wasn't asked stuff like that his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. And then hardly there was hardly any kind of questioning along those lines of anybody last year because we all knew what it was going to be. They had yep. stripped down the roster. They had drawn a map to the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, they were out there trying to lose the last or, game, of or the at year. least to the number three pick in the draft, Somewhere. and then Levy Smith helped them. Yeah, yeah, right. to, to, straight to the bottom. And now everything is being graded on a real rubric. And Justin Fields didn't give any answers. Matt Eberflus also didn't give any answers about him specifically. Mm-hmm. And when asked like, "What problems did you see in Justin Fields' game today?" In a game when he had 99 yards passing and a and a passer rating under 60. Matt Eberflus's first reaction, the first word out of his mouth was problems. What problems? Yep. And he said, oh, I saw some good. I saw some good throws here. Some, and, it, and then he'd go in into the Matt Nagy um, bag of tricks with, it's not any one person's fault. It's everyone's fault. So therefore, it's no one's fault. And, you know, this classic Bears move of hiding behind a shield of ambiguity. Well, yeah. <laughs> Where there's just, okay, so it's no one's fault. And everyone's working Would- hard. And the, the thing here is just to stick together and stick it would, out. And that's all nice to say. And I, it, it's a good attitude, I guess, but it doesn't mean anything. Would you respect him more if he just came out and just said, listen, I can't air out my quarterback in a press conference. It, suffice to say there are issues we need to fix, but it's just, it doesn't benefit. Like, if I, he was just honest and was like, I got a ton of problems with him, but I'm, but I'm not going to detail it to you guys. Like... Is that at least that's something? At least that's an acknowledgement of the problem. I'd rather have okay. Hey, I I do think he did this and this well mm-hmm. that you guys aren't giving him credit for. But I acknowledge, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. This was a bad decision. This was a bad throw. Something like that. Matt Nagy was doing that at the end with Mitch Trubisky, right? Uh, <laughs> and Nick Foles. Oh, Nick Foles. Matt Nagy toward the end was was fine to air out the problems of the quarterbacks. <laughs> The Bears will not have the same problem on this upcoming Sunday that they had this Sunday because they get the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. who just lost by 50. 
If you if you don't know Pat's being serious, Pat's being literal. Yeah, they lost by fifty. That actually happened. Yeah, the Bears could have lost by fifty. The uh, the Broncos lost by fifty to the Dolphins. I know we look at a game against somebody somebody like the Chiefs who are clearly above the Bears' weight class, and we go, "This is bad." What you know, we know it means that things are still bad. We don't know exactly how to balance exactly what it means long term. Against a team that is their weight class, what in the world can we learn? I mean, is it as simple as the team that loses this game, you know, has, you know, is the leader at the, you know, at the first poll in getting the first round pick? Or tell me, what do you think we can glean from Denver? Well, the, I think their next four games are against teams that are beatable, but I would have said the same thing about Green Bay and Tampa. Right. The first two weeks. I mean, the, th- the thing about the Bears is they're looking at, uh, you know, Denver and the Commanders and the Vikings and the Raiders coming up and thinking, okay. And, and in fact, DJ Moore was saying something like this today. We need to win the next two games. Okay. We need to beat the Broncos and the Commanders okay. and not be sitting here 0-5. Okay. That is a very close rendition of what he said. Yeah. Um, all of those teams are looking at you the same way. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are sitting here... Uh, Sunday night, having lost by 50 in Miami, thinking, well, thank goodness we got the Bears next week. Boy, is that the longest airplane trip in the history of the NFL? You lose by 50, and then you have to fly from Miami to Denver. <laughs> that, that is, That's four hours of just misery. That is a hike. I, I don't I don't accept that the Bears are saying, hey, we still need to kind of get it together. We're still trying to gel. Three weeks into the season, the season's underway. Sure. Stop with all the injuries and training camp. The, especially a bunch of these guys are like established pros. Right. It's not a team full of rookies, even though they are a younger team. This isn't a new coaching staff. It shouldn't be all this, well, we're still just trying to get our footing. It's the end of September, Patrick. Right. The yep. season's going. Mm-hmm. Like you're falling behind in reality. Yep. The other, the Chiefs look like they got it together. The Chiefs kind of, and they're the defending champs, but them getting it together was meant like, a close loss in week one, a close win in week two, and then this. Right. Um, but if that's really where the Bears are at, okay, fine. Let, let's just say for argument's sake, I'll, I'll follow that that's your explanation for why you're sitting here 0-3 having lost by 60 points over the first three games. Okay, but now you are now you should have some footing, maybe? I mean, now it should be time, October, and the next four teams are all like probably not playoff teams. If they're right. I mean, just mediocre or worse teams, all right. Then should be happening next. Should be happening in these four games. And if they lose three out of these next four games, or, or all four of them, who knows? Then, um, I, I mean, the season's done at that point. At that point, it's like y- you might as well go into tank mode. I think that those of us who thought that they'd go seven and ten, me and you included, yeah, probably would have had them at one and two at this point. So, big picture, it's at not. Worst. Yeah, at, yeah, but I mean, big picture, it's not. It's not like they're far behind the pace that we thought they were going to be on. It's just the wise. it's just the way they the way they've gone about getting to that point. Also, you have to wonder that you know, if they don't you know, if they end up 0 5 with a 10-day break, like that's when stuff changes, right? Like isn't that 10-day break when somebody steps in and maybe makes a staffing decision? Yeah, and yeah, 0 and 3 is not the end of the world. For a, for a for any team in a, in a vacuum, but zero and three like this is alarming. Yep, zero and three when you had the expectations you did, and a decisive zero and three, blown out at home by Green Bay, 
losing by 10 to a Tampa team that I thought was going to be one of the worst in the league and might end up being right. one. They might, maybe they end up winning that division at like eight and nine or something, right. but like they aren't good. And then this just wasn't even competitive. What do you think, against the Chiefs, what do you think Ryan Poles was thinking going into the season? Like a month ago when he saw, hey, we're going back to Kansas City where I built my career. I'm taking like the, the thing that I've been building, taking it back to my old bosses and taking on the Chiefs. What do you think he expected like a month ago that this game would look like? If it were me, I would have sat there and been like, yeah, we're probably going to lose. If we lose 31-24, like I, I think the hope is you show up with your exciting quarterback, you have an offense that takes a step and that you can sit there and say, look, we're able to score against good teams. Uh, the Buccaneers' defense isn't great. The Packers are pretty good. But I think he would have hoped to come in, maybe not beat them, but put a, put a scare in them. Put up a fight. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Pretty far from that. And you have to wonder, too, and you know, I always thought this about Matt Nagy, is when he came to Chicago and then watched Mahomes continue to do stuff, you just sit there and go, I wonder whether he just wonders, man, if I was just there, everything's so much easier with Patrick Mahomes in my life. And... If you're Ryan Poles, if you're the number two at the franchise that everybody wants to be like, that's I bet that was hard to leave. And I think on a day like today, you have to. Uh, I, he is well aware of the challenge ahead of him, and that was never more obvious than it was today. I think that's a good place to leave it. Look at that. That's poetic or something. I don't know, Jason. Uh, we will be back uh, again as the week goes on. Hopefully, do you think maybe a calmer week than last week? How could it not be? <laughs> calmer in terms of uh, not uh, uh, not as crazy, uh, not or in, in terms of us questioning the actual football product, uh, probably just as crazy as last week. Uh, but we will check in with you. Uh, Mark Potash will make an appearance, God willing. We haven't had him on. In he's a while. okay, just so everyone knows. He's fine. I'm gonna need a picture of him holding he's up. He's here. News. No, he's he's. We you always see him around. He's just busy writing. I'm gonna. Yeah, I want him holding up today's newspaper to prove it was just. You're proof doing. Of you're life. undercutting. I'm trying to reassure people, Patrick. Let's. You're let's, undercutting everything. I'm trying to like calm the people down. That, aren't we? Aren't we supposed to leave on a cliffhanger? No. Is Mark around or not? Did that become a thing? I don't know. I don't. Uh, you can follow us. Follow Mark on social media. Pick up a newspaper. Check out the Sun-Times on the website, app, and wherever you get all your news. For Jason, I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.